Yeah, we're good, mate. Uh, here we go. Hi, um, welcome to the Legion Report podcast. We're back with episode number three. And I am Danny Hater. I'm Ray Farrow. And I'm Laura and today, Kelly. Yes, we've got Laura in the house. Yeah. So Laura Kelly is from LK Nutrition. Um, and we, we've known Laura for a while now with our, within training. Um, and she's become our um, expert nutritionist. She's helped out a lot um, within a gym environment and has our own clients as well. So, um, Laura, thank you for coming onto the podcast today. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Excited to be here talking about nutrition. Yeah, we're definitely excited to have you on, on board today. And uh, like, we said, like we said when we were just talking earlier, um, I think it's a big subject at the moment, especially with... Um, like people coming out of lockdown people put an extra few pounds on being at home so much um so it's really exciting to get you on on today and then let's talk about some stuff that we can help people with really yeah yeah that's it absolutely i think like you say ray is nutrition is a huge huge subject um and we're we'll going into the education side of and all those types of things later on and what's out there to the public domain and good and the bads and all those types of things and um this is why i was quite excited about this um about laura coming on actually and we've been trying we've actually been trying to tout laura onto our podcast for a while so we've finally uh, finally got her on because i feel this is a really important subject for not just for people that are wanting to keep fit or, or exercising or training but i actually think it's a good it's a, you know, it's a great subject for just the normal everyday individual that's just looking for a little bit of help when it comes to sort of food intake and deficits and all those types of things that we talk about yeah I think so that's 100 percent. then just just talking on you there we've all known now from covid that a strong immune system is, is what's going to help you the most and yeah. food and nutrition go a big big way of helping that so it's going to be really good to get some information from laura and um, and hope, hopefully help the listeners yeah i think nutrition is I think a lot of people look at nutrition and they think of the word diet and they think, oh, like, oh, I'm not trying to lose weight or gain weight or anything. Like, I don't need to go on a diet. But nutrition is, is health and, you know, what you put in your body. I think ultimately everyone's goal should be optimum health. And whether that's you need to lose weight to get to optimum health and you need to like manage your macro micronutrients better or you know like you were just saying then Ray just to have a really strong immune system it all starts with what you put in your body yeah and I think people need to take accountability you know I've, that's it's our own responsibility to take care of our health yeah I was honestly that's one of the things that I was I was actually gonna uh, talk to you guys about today I was hanging out in Washington today and I was thinking about accountability and how it's it's on you you yeah. are responsible for what you put into your body um yeah i don't want to go off on a tangent now no, so we, we'll know, hang on to start down we will, we will get to that definitely yeah. yeah so um just to get us started there so if you can just sort of tell everyone a little bit about yourself laura a little bit about maybe your um your fitness life and then the way that you've obviously the way that you you, you train um, a little bit about LK Nutrition, how that that's, that's sort of come about, and then obviously a little bit about your family as well, just to give a, a bit of a flavour of who you are. Yeah, sure. So um, my fitness probably started when I was about 18 months old. Um, my mum got me into gymnastics pretty young uh, as I was climbing all over furniture and <laughs> like basically climbing on everything and throwing myself around so my mum thought I know I'll channel, channel that into gymnastics um so I competed from a really young age um till I was about 15 16 um competed like reasonably high level like for county uh county level and then got to a t to be a teenager didn't want to spend my Friday nights training in the gym anymore wanted to be probably drinking too much uh, with my friends. So um, a back injury actually saw me retire. Um, yeah, around about 15 or 16. Um, and then for years, really, I did nothing. 
uh, kind of lived off um, like, well, I was a gymnast before, so I'm fine. I don't need to do anything. I'm, I'm quite fit. Uh, met Simon um, nine years ago. Yeah, nine years ago. Uh, and he was going to the gym. Um, and I was just like, oh, so boring. Uh, at the time, I was actually um, a qualified uh, personal trainer, but I hated the gym. Like, I just, I found it so boring. I didn't know what to do. Nothing excited me about it. Um, and then Simon, we'd probably been together for about a year. So about eight years ago, said, oh, have you seen this thing called CrossFit? And I was like, no. And it's like something else he was chatting about. And he showed me a YouTube video of Rich Froning. And I was like, well, he's fit. And that looks quite fun. Uh, so I joined Pure Gym with Simon, um, the one in Commercial Road, as it opened. And just started like doing CrossFit. Well, what we thought was CrossFit. I'd hate to, I'd hate to have seen someone video us and see, like, look back at what we were doing. But yeah, we th we thought we were doing CrossFit. Um, and Carl and Claire from the box in Portsea Island, they were PTs at Pure Gym, and they were like, "Are you guys doing CrossFit?" And we're like, mm, "Kind of." Um, and they were just about to open the box. <laughs> yeah, we think so. Uh, yeah, they were just about to open, or they were making building um Portsea island uh so we were there uh some of their founding members um and then wow. we moved house and it didn't make sense for us to go there anymore and then we found ray uh and then we found southern legion um and that became yeah basically our second home um and we trained <laughs> a lot um <laughs> <laughs> like Sundays, yeah, we were in there. Four hours. Four, four hours on a Sunday. Um, yeah, made lifelong friends. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I stopped, um, I stopped CrossFit um, a while back because I had a miscarriage and kind of just threw me a bit. It wasn't anything to do with doing CrossFit at all, um, but that, threw me a little bit, uh, and then got pregnant with Zachary. Um, and just thought, you know what, maybe it's time to take a little bit of a step back of, you know, I've been doing it for seven years, pretty full on, um, mm. of, you know, training a lot. Um, so yeah, I've actually taken some time out, you know, I'm still, still doing, um, like following mayhem freedom. So doing stuff at home, uh, get out on my bike a lot with Zachary, um, go for walks and stuff, but yeah, I'm nowhere near doing as much fitness as I, as I was before. Maybe in different ways. Yeah. And you know, fitness is the whole, yeah. I think Zachary weighs about 11, 12 kilos and I pick him up multiple times a day. So, oh, well, <laughs> you know, snatching zachary just to yeah. make up for last time <laughs> different different kind of fitness um yeah cool so so how did you um so going there then so what what, what sort of steered you into the nutrition side of things then Laura? i think with um with being so like into crossfit like i drank the kool-aid and i was into it and then you know, like the zone diet was the thing of the time, like a couple of years back with CrossFit. So people like Matt Chan were talking about the zone diet. So I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So started looking more into nutrition and stuff and then realized that the zone diet is terrible and complicated and it, like, it doesn't need to be that way. Um, so I started looking for myself, uh, really just like the kind of foods that would be beneficial to eat whilst training um to fuel my trainings for recovery um because like prior to that like i didn't like i had no idea what i was eating I was just eating i was yeah. probably not eating enough um 
and I think you when you train as much as we were training like you learn pretty quickly when your energy levels are really low and you just think oh god like I can't like I'm really struggling like I want to do all this stuff but I can't um and then that led me to start looking at nutrition and my own nutrition and then people then started to ask me about it because I was talking about it in the gym or like I'd read something and I was chatting to people about it and more people kept asking like oh what do you think to this or like how much of this should I be having and I was thinking well I can't like I've read some stuff but I don't really like I'm not 100% on the answers um so I found um BTN nutrition which is from Ben Coomber um and it's actually like now it's properly accredited um and I thought I'll give that a go so I did the the foundation course um and then went on to the practical course so I think it took about 18 months to two years of just self-study at home weekly lectures online um yeah to become a qualified nutritionist so when people come to me and actually ask me questions I can confidently answer yeah ish <laughs> might have to look at my notes <laughs> it's a good it's a valid point you made there actually because i um obviously we've been in around the crossfit world for a while now and what i what i do hear a lot um is it's okay i can eat what i want because i'm training so much mm. and because of what crossfit does from a from a training perspective i think it gets a little bit lost um the whole Like you said, oh, you're breaking up a bit, Danny. Yeah, you... energy, energy balance gets a bit lost because it's just like, oh, it's okay. You know, I've done like X, Y, and Z this week, so. Um... Yeah, you're breaking up quite a bit there. But what I think you're getting to, Danny, is people tend to eat. eat uh, just eat what they want because they've done some training and something like that. And then just, you know, try that. What we, what do we call it? Uh, out train a bad diet. Yeah. And I think the only exceptions that I've ever seen is Gemma Bauscher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, there's, there's always an exception to the rule and yeah. that woman can eat an Easter egg for breakfast and still train the way she trains and look the way she looks. But <laughs> you shouldn't, People coming into them don't look at Gemma as a good example for nutrition. Well, I'm talking about from when I, like, I haven't spoken to Gemma in a long time. That might be a bit unfair. Sorry, Gem. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't out-train a bad diet. Um, and ultimately, it comes down to, like, are you, if you're training to be healthy and, you know, you, you want to live longer and you want to be able to run around with your kids and that's what you're training for then your nutrition should follow suit yeah you know i'm and i'm not saying by any means like you shouldn't have ice cream after dinner like once a week or you know have the odd chocolate bar because that's just not something that's uh sustainable if that's what fits into your lifestyle but yeah i think a lot of people do just think a lot of people massively overestimate the amount of calories that they burn through exercise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. You know, realistically Def- you're only your, of your total daily energy expenditure through like actual exercise, like going to the gym or something like conscious exercise, you're only burning about 10 to 30% of your daily energy expenditure from going to the gym. So you know, if, if that's 2000 calories, you're only burning 10% of that in the gym, but you're going, Oh, it's fine. I can eat that McDonald's because I've been to the gym. Mm. That's 800 calories more than what you've just burned. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of people are like, I don't get it. I go to the gym and you know, why aren't I losing weight? Mm. I think it comes back to that. Um, justification is obviously one of those things that people obviously we all try and justify things to ourselves it's easier to do it to ourselves because you know no one else to tell us we just justify it to ourselves but it comes back to where we started from the accountability side um and being accountable for our own decisions um mm. 
So yeah, you were gonna you were gonna go off on a tangent earlier around that, and it'd be good to hear you can you can do that now. You're free to yeah. go off. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people look to places like Instagram or whatever social media platform they're on, and they're looking for that magic pill that some celebrities touting. You know, like whether it's a skinny tea or a waist trainer or. BCAAs or anything like that like someone everyone is looking for someone to say you don't have to work hard and you can eat what you want Mm. and I think people go like that's why so many people buy into these kind of things because they just want they want a quick fix and they don't want to be accountable for what they're eating and what they're putting into their body or what activity they're doing or lack of activity that they're doing they want to be told you do you it's fine you eat that cake and you have that takeaway and you do all these things but just drink this tea and it will work Mm. um rather than yeah rather than actually taking a step back and having a good hard look at yourself in the mirror and going do i like the way i look yes or no and if it's no well then you like it's within your power to change it Um, and I think fundamentally most people know the foods that are more optimal for them to be eating and the foods that are less optimal. Mm. I don't believe in good and bad foods. There are foods that are obviously more nutritionally beneficial for you to eat. And there are foods that just taste really nice that probably are a lot of calories, but you're going to be hungry again soon, but it's not good or bad. And I think that's something that a lot of people fall into the trap of, of when they say, Oh, I've been really bad. I've been really bad. I've eaten these things. I've been bad. It's like, okay, we'll just draw a line under it. And if you know, you've been bad, then you know how to, how to be good. Yeah. You know what foods that the optimal for you to be eating. Yeah. You can quite just distinct, distinguishly pick what bad is. So that must mean that, you know, the opposite. So. Yeah. I think you're yeah. right about drawing a line. Cause sometimes once someone, breaks goes into something so say they have a cake they're, oh well i've done it now and then yeah more and just indulge in more and more and more because they've always yeah. it. but like, like you say draw a line for it like that was a mistake leave it where it was and then get back on back on track yeah and i think you, you're so right ray when people are like oh you know i had had a takeaway at the weekend and then i had a mcdonald's breakfast and then i had a domino's for lunch and then i went out for a carvery and it's like, well, you didn't need to do all those things. Like you could have just like, it's fine. If yeah. you want a takeaway on a Saturday night, crack on, have a takeaway. But then the next day, get back on it. And, you know, don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. And don't say diet starts on Monday. Mm. Because, you know, like I was, I can't remember it was in the intro, just us talking about, um, you know, like nutrition and, and diet that those two things I think are wrongly linked that people see a diet as something that's weight loss when actually it's just a diet is just what you eat. Yeah. You know, all three of us have a diet. Mm. Um, they probably look quite different, but you know, everyone, yeah, whatever you're eating, that's your diet. And it's just how it fits into your lifestyle. I think the word diet seems to always link itself with, like you say, weight loss. Yeah. When you say diet, people think you're trying to lose weight um, when actually that may not be the case. And we're going to um, sort of macro splits and, and maintenance and things like that in a minute. I was just going to ask you quickly what your thoughts were around, you're saying about the accountability there, um, what your thoughts are around the education when it comes to um, food. You mentioned that, quick fix pills that seem to be advertised all over the place and you know people that don't know any different go oh she looks good so that must mean i can do that oh, you know they put themselves in that in that advert almost um do you, do you feel there's enough education out there for for people to actually do the right thing no i i really don't and i think it it starts in schools um you know, I'm, Zachary's not of school age, so I don't know what the school curriculum is necessarily for nutrition. But I actually um, have considered becoming a teacher um, 
and my nutrition qualification would lead me to into um, food technology, which from when I was speaking to the people um, that do the teacher training, they were saying that that's a huge push from the government is food technology and um, the science behind food um, and nutrition. Uh, obviously that's secondary school. Um, but yeah, I think it starts, it does start in school with an understanding of how your body works and processes food. Um, but I think there's, there's a gap at the moment between, obviously that's great that that can start now, but what about all the parents who don't have that education about food? Um, and I don't, I don't know what that looks like and how the government can solve it. And I know some schools, um, I saw in the paper the other day that a school had sent out an acceptable list, um, of foods to have in kids lunch boxes and there was uproar how dare the school tell us what we should be putting in our what we should be giving to our kids for lunch and you know I know what a healthy lunch is and there's like people putting pictures of like jam sandwiches and packets of crisps and chocolate bars and like what's wrong with this like this is healthy mm. and it's like how dare the school tell us what we we feed our kids and it's like but take a step back and look at it and just say, okay, probably the the majority of parents don't know what healthy food is. No, that's 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 the big issue, isn't it? Is that you can get that education as a child, but you go home and the, the control is still held by the parent. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a difficult and, subject because it's anything with parenthood. Um, if you you advise someone, you know, that's got children and so they all sometimes they automatically think you're attacking the way they're bringing their child up. Yeah. Like they go straight on the defense and don't actually listen to what maybe any advice that you're, you're giving out. It's quite difficult. Yeah. And it's, it was re it's really difficult. And the way, obviously I read it online and it was an article from the sun. So it's not the best journalism. Um, but the way the school had positioned it, it wasn't, pointing the finger at one parent in particular it just went out to all the parents and just said when constructing your child's lunchbox please consider these things it was like a source of protein uh complex carbohydrate um limit um processed meats no crisps um a vegetable and a fruit and you know then people were kicking off like it's not up to it's not up to teachers like teachers should be teaching and mm. But they are. That is they true. are, and that's what they're doing, and they're trying, <laughs> to, trying to educate the parents as well. But like you said, Ray, people, as soon as you start talking about how or what you should be doing with some, how how someone should be treating or what food they should be giving to their child, if they've not sought out the advice themselves, hmm. people get super defensive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just you like you say it's got to be done at a young age as well and i think um like because the other one is when i and i'm i'm guilty of doing it as well is giving the girls treats mm. start, then they start thinking food as a treat rather than a fuel system do you know what i mean yeah. I know this sounds like oh we're being robotic like your food is your fuel and and yeah they should have like nice things every every now and then but sometimes you do, I've, I've done it myself just give them a sweet just to get them to do something and then you're just you know you're making a rod for your own back really yeah so one thing that i've started um to do with zachary um is i actually give so if i'm willing for him to have fruit or something after like as part of his meal i actually give it to him with his meal so if he wants his favorite thing at the moment is pear and he asks for pear all the time or just goes up onto his step stool at the kitchen side and helps himself to one from the fruit bowl yeah. um so i've just i started just putting that with his main meal either on the plate if it's not like a curry or something or um like in a little ramekin at the side so he's he doesn't learn that a pear is better than something else yeah and that he follows his own cues and his own hunger cues um and also his own fullness cues that if that's fine if he wants to eat all the pear first and then have 
the curry than he can and there's also there was a study out recently that showed that children eat more if they have fruit before they eat their main meal mm. because it stimulates their appetite okay so that stimulation of their appetite and i i can see it in zachary if i give him his fruit with his main meal he will eat more than he would if i were to wait for him to have it after okay and the whole thing of you can have that after you've had so yeah you can have a pear but you have to eat all of this first yeah that's teaching him that so if he gets to a point and he says he'll tell me he's done when he's finished he says done yeah and if i say to him no you're not you need to eat more he then starts doubting his own body and his own feeling of fullness because i'm telling him he's not done yeah where actually Mm. kids you know if you take um like a a baby who whether they're breastfed or bottle fed they will have as much as they want and then they stop yeah that's right so intrinsically we are built with we are built to know when we are full and when we are hungry yeah and it starts in childhood um you know, my mum used to say it um, to me, you know, like, oh, if you don't eat your dinner, you don't get pudding. Yeah. And I just used to say, that's fine. I don't want any. Like, mm. that's all right. I don't want any pudding anyway, because I'm done. I don't want to eat any more dinner. Yeah. Whereas as soon as you tell a kid, no, you have to eat, like, you have to eat that. That's when it becomes a battle at dinner time yeah. and yeah. you get stressed because as soon as you sit down for dinner you think they're not going to eat that they're not going to eat all of that i know they're not going to eat all of that and then they pick up on their stress on your stress and then yeah, yeah i mean I'm, I'm not saying by any means it works perfectly every time there are times i've cried in the kitchen when i've taken a full plate of food back and just think like why is yeah. he not eating yeah and you, you're fine with, with kids as well they'll have, they'll have periods where they go a few days without eating so much and then another few days where it's more you look yeah. over a week in it than yeah. that for a day I yeah you really yeah with kids just look over a week yeah a week or even a month yeah of of what That's they're eating weird, they? um but i th- one thing that i i saw actually that really resonated with me for like when i started weaning zachary um and giving him food and meals and things was the division of responsibility. It's not my responsibility for him to eat the food. It's my responsibility as a parent to provide him with a healthy, balanced diet. Mm. It's his responsibility to eat it. So I provide him with all the food and, you know, um, like a home, like most things he eats are homemade. I provide all that for him. And if he wants to eat it, he wants to eat it that's great but as soon as you start trying to force feed a child and say like you have to eat it that's when one they're not going to trust themselves and two they're not going to trust you because it just turns into a battle and it's not fun for anyone um but yeah it's hard like it is hard um when he doesn't eat but kids don't let themselves starve no you know, and then like the other day, we all sit down on Sunday and have dinner together, and it was one of his favourite meals. And we were like, "He's going to polish that off," and he barely touched it. And you just think, okay, and then you try not to panic, and like you're looking at each other, thinking, "Oh, he's not eating it. He's not eating it." Like, try not to make a big deal out of it. Um, and you think, like, "Oh, what if he wakes up overnight hungry?" He's never woken up overnight hungry if he hasn't eaten his dinner. Mm. No. Like it's yeah. fine and he's not he's not going to let himself starve and he just didn't fancy it yeah and it happens to us doesn't it and we yeah, talk about it going, oh i don't fancy dinner tonight yeah you Get put yourself yeah you know you put yourself in the perspective in the position of the child most of the time they're not given a choice about what they eat anyway and they're just something's just put in front of them and they're told to eat it yeah you know if someone did that to you or you know if someone if you said to someone, no, I'm done with my dinner and they kept trying to force a f- fork in your face and just going, no, you're not, you're not finished. You're not finished. You're not finished. You think yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. Like get oh, out of my space. <laughs> but yeah, the account- really like, accountability does start as well. I think there should be more education when you start, when yeah. you start weaning your child. Um, the NHS do weaning 
classes but i mean that's like 20 minutes long and it basically says don't give your kid petty flu because it's full of sugar don't give your kid this because it's full of salt and that's pretty much it mm. like that's all you're given um and i think it's really easy to say to people whether it's for themselves or for their, ch for their children don't do that don't eat this don't eat that but it's the why that i think is missing Mm, and yeah, I think it's, it's it's that understanding of how your body works and how your body processes macro and micronutrients that's missing. And I think if people understood the why, they could make more informed decisions about the food that they eat. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think that is something that needs to be passed across to most people, really not just children adults as well yeah because i think like if you take fat for example like um the macronutrient of fat people think you eat fat you get fat like fat makes you fat hmm. what well, was actually fat is so important to your body and so many micronutrients that are in foods are fat soluble so they don't dissolve in water they dissolve in fat so you need fat in your diet in order for those micronutrients to um, dissolve, in order for them to get into your bloodstream to do the work that they need to do. You know, fat is what your cell walls are made out of. Like you just, but a lot of people don't realize that because it's not something that's, it's not part of the education system for people to be told why you need food you know you need to eat protein you need to eat fat and you need carbohydrates and these are the reasons why yeah i think fat is to go i think it's not as bad as it used to be but you know 10 years ago fat took a really maybe longer but it, it took a real bad it had a bad rep didn't it really like yeah i think it was low fat this low fat that which is like you said there it's an essential micro uh, macronutrient that we need for health yeah. we're not just talking about fitness now we're talking about health yeah it's like you get essential fats they're essential omega threes, you know stuff like that yeah you know then you've got essential fatty acids they're called essential yeah because you like your body needs them in order to be able to function um <laughs> yeah and like, like you said there omega-3 um is a fatty acid mm. and it's an anti-inflammatory fatty fatty acid um you know, and the recommendation is that you, you take that every day because people don't eat enough oily fish. No. Um, you know, you don't have to spend loads of money on branded omega-3, just a, a supermarket owned brand of just omega-3. Um, you know, a couple of tablets a day is going to be super beneficial to you. Mm. So just while we're on that, so talking about, um, micronutrients so things like you're saying there like supplements what what were you sort of would you sort of steer people towards uh, I, I know you, you know maybe supplements are not the best way we always talk about whole foods and stuff like that but there is certain things that you just can't get enough of isn't there yeah so the two things that i would always recommend to people that they have a supplementation in their diet would be omega-3 and vitamin d and I think vitamin D has been mentioned um, quite a bit throughout COVID. Mm. Um, but yeah, vitamin D, because we living in the Northern Hemisphere, we just don't get enough from the sun. You know, it's just, it's just not possible for us to get enough from the sun. Um, and it's not easily available in foods. So yeah, vitamin D, a high dose vitamin D supplementation and um, omega-3 would be the two things that... You really need most things, most other things like vitamin C, um, vitamin A, uh, maybe iron as well for women, um, and iron supplementation, especially around menstruation, um, won't do any harm. But, you know, most of the time taking vitamin C supplements or something like that, you just have very expensive wee because your body, if your body can't process it, you just wee it out. Um, but yeah, vitamin D iron for children uh, iron and vitamin d for children uh, there was a study that said if we 
can increase children's iron intake, then we can increase the IQ of the world because iron is that important in the first thousand days of a child's life. Okay. Wow. Yeah, obviously breast milk has a lot of iron in it. Um, but when children get to around about four to six months old, any iron stores that they have been born with um, and then have gotten through either breast milk or formula starts to deplete. Um, so if you can give your child an iron supplement. Mm. Top tip. Yes. Yes. Very good one. I mean, that's some really good tips there. I'd definitely. Um, I was going to ask, so I think Ray, you've got a couple of questions and I've just got one just for the general um, listener really is that if someone is really stuck um, in terms of where to start when it comes to nutrition like they really need some help and I don't mean anyone that's that's a you know a gym goer but just anyone really that just thinks you know what I really need to I, I don't know enough where where would you how would you get them to get started obviously LK nutrition for starters but you know <laughs> um I think I would probably steer them towards um I would definitely steer them towards someone like Ben Coomber um, ben Coomber, um, Tom Bainbridge are the two guys that write the curriculum for BTN uh, for the courses. Um, BTN has an Instagram account. But I, you know, social media can be, can be super powerful and can be really good if you're following the right people. Mm. So don't take your nutrition advice from a Kardashian or someone from TOWIE. But that's probably not the best place to start, but seek out someone reputable like Ben Coomber or Tom, uh, Tom Bainbridge, um, because they, they find articles, they read it, they look at it critically, and then they, they are actually really good. So the BTN has a really good blog. Um, so you might see a head, like a really grabbing headline on the daily mail about something to do with nutrition that a study has been released. Um, they'll actually analyze what the study said and you know was it performed in rats or was it only three people that were studied was it done with like just in vitro so was it done in a petri dish or was it done actually on someone um but i think if you, if you if you're really interested in taking responsibility for your health then seek out the people who have the knowledge yeah, you can go down, you know, you, you start following one person, you'll get suggested of other people that you should follow. Um, but, you know, don't just assume because someone's looks good in their Instagram account that they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's the big... So I think the probably yeah, the, the easier really... place to be would be like where not to start, like yeah. who not to look at for <laughs> an nutrition yeah. advice. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, so the list is certainly be bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a much bigger list. Um, there's also um, a girl called Emma. I can't remember her Instagram handle now. Do you guys do show notes or anything like? That I could find out her. I think we it's like do... ESG. I think that's yeah. Right. So if you give us the um, if you send it over to us, we we tag it on into our um, Instagram page when we um, when we launch yeah. the the pod. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's a couple of people that I think are, are great to look at um, that just give really honest, like honest advice. And I think that's, that's the key. Like I was saying before, people look for that magic, yeah. that magic pill when actually you want someone to, to say to you, put the seventh cake of slice of cake down, yeah. take a good look at yourself. Yeah. What do you want? Like this is on you. Mm. And I think those are the kind of people that, yeah that need to be more mainstream that need to have more airtime and just to to tell it how it is and i'm not saying like you need some like drill sergeant who's screaming at you and and not being very nice but also just some hard truths yeah you can't just keep eating cake and saying oh it's okay i'm, I'm you know i love the person i am and then being constantly ill or putting yeah. yourself down that road in the further... Like, I was talking to someone the other day, and this might upset a few people, but it is what it is. Um, like, 
you don't see many or if any like really overweight 90 year olds okay but you'll you potentially see someone at 90 that's still smoking so yeah. in my opinion this might like might you know people might disagree with me that obesity is worse than actual smoking in my opinion because you just don't people are slowly killing themselves yeah by, by going down that road i know it's a hard sometimes if you get into that situation it's quite hard to get out but like we said before you do have to take responsibility for your actions yeah and i think i think the government does actually have a really hard task and they're not they're not going to win because they're not going to please people or like no. they can't make everyone happy and people <laughs> disagree with some things that they're doing but their whole um giving people who are type 2 diabetic um uh shakes so like um as meal replacements yeah this was recently wasn't it oh, this is a study out recently yeah which that's great they might lose weight and they might reverse the effects of their type 2 type 2 diabetes but that's only going to be temporary because hmm. where's the education piece that goes along with it yeah that's, that's where's that piece of education that says to them actually these are the reasons why you need to stop eating the way you're eating um you know, and for some people, you know, they have to have limbs amputated because of their di diabetes, but they still don't stop eating the way they're eating. And if that's not a wake up call for people, I don't know what is, no, you know, no. that you're going to go blind and you're going to have your feet cut off. But, you know, it's still not that wake up call. And I think it's that education piece that's missing. And also the psychology around why people eat the way they eat. Yeah, that's a big one. That is a that is a that's probably a whole different topic. Yeah, and that's a whole, a, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, that's a series, that is. Yeah. But, <laughs> if there's anyone, if there's anyone out, if there's anyone out there that wants to come and talk about that, you know, from a, in a, in a with a professional opinion, we'd love to hear from them because I think there is a. I think that's a. You mentioned it earlier, Laura, about force feeding children. Mm. Um, you know, I'll put it bluntly. That's pretty much. Boring sort of going into and, and yeah. i think that could have a psychological effect as you get older that i have to finish this meal because that's how i've been yeah almost you know tuned in to do so mm -hmm. i have to make sure i eat all everything that's on my plate and now we're at a point where you can go to carveries and you can order what you want and you can put as much as you want on your plate but that that you know that thought process of i'm going to have to finish this because it's on yeah. my plate and that's what i've been drilled to do mm. doesn't go away and i think the psychological psychological um, impact to that is is quite big yeah and i think like so many i don't know the statistics of it but a, a big proportion of gastric gastric band surgeries end up failing ultimately because people's psychological reasons for why they eat the way they eat is not addressed mm. yeah. so that, that sure. yeah you know it's having it's, it's major surgery so it's not something that people would go into lightly but i don't know because uh, i haven't experienced it myself but i'm i'm pretty sure that there's not a therapist who works with people and i'm happy if someone wants to say to the show that like, I'm, I'm wrong but you know how how are those people who are seeking that kind of help before they go down the route of a gastric band are they sitting down with a counselor to understand their relationship with food yeah full-blown program before and like you say even after if they yeah. do have to go down that road yeah mm. yeah i think that it's a it's a big question actually and if let's like say laura says there if anyone could come and help us and answer that, and that, you know not for us but for everyone listening because i yeah. think it yeah. is important you know nutrition is a really big part of the way we live now and ray you you said it at the top covid is now showing us that if you're not going to look after yourself these types of diseases which to probably going to increase you know mm. i'm probably gonna there's gonna be more out there different types of strains and that you know you've got to look after yourself just keep yourself um keep yourself fit and healthy yeah it's really important if you don't do it for yourself you do it for your family do you know what i mean that's a big big i know it's a that's a big message out there if you've got kids you you want to see them um you know graduate you want to see them go to you, you want to see them have family you want to be a grandparent think about that think about the future don't just think about right now yeah don't 
you know, it's, it's easy to just think, oh, it's just one biscuit. Yeah. But that one biscuit over a week is actually 10 biscuits and over a month it's a hundred biscuits. And what feels good for you in that moment. It, and I think that goes back to the psychological thing. Like if, if you turn to food for comfort, you perhaps need to address why. Yeah. And you know, is there something else that, that can give you that kind of, um, endorphin release you know exercise or even if it's just going for a walk you know if you think oh god i feel really really crappy i'm gonna have a biscuit maybe try not having the biscuit but going for a 15 minute walk instead yeah. and you know what if you get home and you still want the biscuit eat the biscuit but if you don't and you've moved on yeah then uh. then great um but yeah, like, like you were saying, Ray, you know, my mum said the other day about her health and her fitness that she wants to see her grandchildren get married. Yeah. You know, and that's like her oldest grandchild is seven and her youngest one is Zachary, who's uh, 16 months old. You know, so that's a long way away. Yeah. But that's her aim. Like, that's what she wants. Mm. And that's her focus when she's thinking about what she's eating and, and the exercise that she's doing and that short-term endorphin release of having something that's really tasty to eat is short-term yeah mm. yeah and if you're yeah. not strong enough it's going to help you be successful we talked about this before didn't we the last episode about we talking about goals goal setting enough and if you're wise strong then it helps you achieve anything that you want to achieve really yeah just one more one more thing laura before we wrap it up we talked about it um just prior to the show starting um was neat and i yeah. think so it's quite oh, you did a great talk and uh, we came to him last time about it and i think it's been quite interesting just to get you some of your thoughts on it now just as because we've been in lockdown and um, some people are still working from home how their need is quite low do you know what i mean and that's why some maybe some people are putting on that extra few pounds yeah so neat is non-exercise activity thermogenesis um which sounds super fancy um but it just basically means the energy that your body uses when it's not doing exercise so putting the washing out gardening going for a walk to the shop, um, walking to your car, walking, like going upstairs, all that kind of stuff is your neat. Um, and it actually, so, right, I take it back a step. So each person has a total daily energy expenditure. And if you look at a calorie, a calorie is just a form, uh, just a unit of energy. So the, the energy your body burns is calories um and across the day if you just lay down and do absolutely nothing that's your basal metabolic rate so your body burns hundreds of calories just by being because obviously it's processing food it's um like muscle protein synthesis like all the things that are happening within your body obviously take energy for your body to do um and then your total daily energy expenditure is then your NEAT, so the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and your EAT, which is exercise activity thermogenesis. And your exercise that you do burns about 10 to 30% of your total daily energy expenditure, which is super low. So a lot of people think, right, I'm going to the gym and I'm going to burn like a thousand calories and they might have a smartwatch and the smartwatch might tell them how many calories they've burned, um, which I really recommend you don't use. Like they're so inaccurate of the amount of calories that you're actually burning. Um, so that activity that you're doing that is concentrated to the gym is such a small percentage of the energy that you're using in a day. And what makes up the rest is all the other little bits that you're doing. So, you know, like um, we were saying at the start of the show, if you, um, when you went to work, 
if you worked in an office, you know, you'd park your car in a car park and you'd have to walk through reception, through whatever to get to your desk. Those 200, 300 steps, if you do that twice a day, that's 600 steps that you're now not doing because you walk downstairs in the morning, sit in front of like either you're at a desk or your dining room table or sit in front of the TV and that's where you stay which I think is why a lot of people over lockdown, even if they haven't started eating more, have noticed that they've started gaining weight. It's because these small bits of non-exercise activity that they would do throughout a day just, just aren't there. Um, so one thing that I would really recommend to people who are working from home, um, it's actually really important as well for, for mental health is to have what are called corridors. So, for some people, when, when the world was normal, their corridor for going to work and arriving at work and then leaving work and arriving home might have been a walk to the bus stop, get on the bus, a walk the other side, or walk into their car, um, parking in the car park and then walking into the office. And it's those little bits of time that... Um, help you decompress and separate your work life from your home life which obviously when you were at work in an office or wherever it was that you went to work was super important you probably didn't really notice it but now if you're working from home it all just becomes a blur because you don't have a separator so you know in the morning before you start work go for a 15 minute walk or if it's absolutely hammering it down, you don't want to go for a 15 minute walk, go for a five minute drive, then come home and then start the day. And it's the same at the end of the day, finish work, shut the laptop, put everything away as much as you possibly can um, and go for a walk. Or, or do, do something for 10, 15 minutes that is active, but this also going to remove you from that space of work. Which I think now when people are working from home super important yeah and this is everything on top of just your normal gym routine this is just yeah. your daily everyday daily structure that I think is being missed out by a lot you know it's completely being missed out by a lot of people now um, yeah and I think it's um it's really important to know that when you increase your exercise activity thermogenesis so when you increase your eat you decrease your need because you're tired um so you know an example i gave was when i was training crossfit for like six days a week i literally did nothing else i was so lazy i just sat on the sofa and did nothing um but since stopping training to that level of intensity i feel so much better because i have more energy you know i've got more energy to go for a walk i'm more inclined to go for a walk now because i'm not training six days a week and absolutely killing myself i'm more inclined to go go for a, an hour's walk or um you know like go out on the bike ride um with zachary during the day um and it yeah it is on top of what you're doing i think a lot of people massively overestimate the amount of energy they use in the gym and then the amount of food they can then eat on top of that because they think they've burnt loads of calories in the gym when in actual fact it's it's doing the gardening at the weekend it's you know cutting the grass or running about with the kids in the park that's that kind of stuff you're going to get more bang for your buck in terms of energy expenditure so more housework is what you're saying yes more housework more gardening <laughs> <laughs> but just it's you know I think a lot of people like see the weather as an excuse as well not to get out. Yeah. But guarantee a walk in the woods when it's absolutely freezing cold and that feeling of when you get home and you can have a nice warm shower, you put your comfies on. Yeah. Like to me that like that feels amazing like that cold crisp walk of when you get home and you can just get all snug and you know that kind of thing feels amazing. Yeah, I think fresh air, you know, nature, all those things are really good for your mental health as well, aren't they? So, yeah. You know, it's been, yeah. I think a lot of people did get 
more outside recently, I think. But we'll see as it goes into the, the winter months now whether people can keep that up. It does put yeah. you off. But it, like you said, if you wrap her up, then it's, um, it's not a problem, really. And you've always got your home to come back to to turn the heating on and put your comfies on and have a nice hot chocolate or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, it is, it is, um, it's, it's another accountability point, isn't it, that we mentioned earlier about that, oh, I'll start, the, I'll start eating well tomorrow. I won't go out today because of the rain. I won't... You know, you, you just you're talking yourself out of it aren't you and i think it's just coming back yeah. down to accountability so and i think um, unless something like really horrific happens on your walk you're never going to re- regret doing it yeah hmm. you're no. only re- like you know it's the same with the gym you only regret the sessions you don't do yeah, you know, yeah. just apply that to the really simple things in life like going for a walk or going for a bike ride um and i think since becoming a, a parent i've really like i've thought to myself and or simon and i've had the conversation about what do we want to show zachary mm. and it's things like we want to show him that being active is just a way of life you know and, and it's normal for us at the weekend if we need to go to the shops that we'll go on a bike that we won't just get in the car you know, and, and it's normal for us to go for a walk. Like, you know, going back to the, to the um, accountability and what you want to show your children. You know, you, and I think it's amazing, you know, when, when parents take their kids to the gym and they see them do like workouts and things like that. That's absolutely amazing. But it doesn't have to be that extreme if you don't feel like you've got the time or you don't feel like, you know, you don't feel like you want to take your children because the gym is your space and that's where, you know, you can be you and, and you don't have to think about them. But, you know, just, just show them that going for a walk is a normal thing to do. It's not like, come on, we're going for a walk and like heaving them out the house. Yeah. Mm. And kids, kids, um, they don't, so kids don't do, a lot of the time, they don't do it as you tell them to do. They do as you do. Yeah. We watch you so much. And you see it in their character because they pick up things and you're like, I think I do that. And then you see it and you notice yeah. that they copy you. Yeah. So they're seeing you going out for walks and enjoying like, stuff like that. That's got to be part of their life. It's just, like you say, you, you've got what, what you want for your children. Yeah. And it's like role modelling as well for kids when it comes to, to food and eating as well. You know, if, if someone out there is struggling to get their kids to eat things, I guarantee you, you sit down with a plate full of broccoli and you start eating in front of your kid, your kid's going to want that broccoli. Mm. Hmm. Because kids want what you've got. You know, Zachary, at breakfast, every day without fail, he will want fruit from Simon's bowl of porridge. Even though he's got exactly the same fruit, <laughs> he wants it from Simon's bowl. And I found that, you know, he goes through stages and things. And, and the other day he just, like, just decided he didn't want to eat broccoli. So with my lunch, I sat down with him and I started eating broccoli. And then I looked over and he's eating it. Amazing. And yeah. it's like, I didn't make a big deal of it. Didn't tell him he had to. He just saw me doing it. And if he sees us going for walks regularly or going out on our bikes, that just becomes the norm. And that's just what we do yeah great habits to install yeah exactly yeah good one Dan. so i think um um we could wrap up if you yeah. guys are happy to wrap up there i think that's been so fascinating laura thank you for for coming on um it'd be good actually if maybe towards the end of the season we bring you, you come back in and we may because there's so many um we could probably talk for another hour. Let's, yeah. you know, let's be honest. We yeah. could probably go into, we could go into food for fitness. We could go into, you know, food for putting on weight, losing weight, you know, maintaining weight. You know, there's so many things we could do. So, yeah, we, it'd be really good for you to maybe come on a bit later on in the season and just sort of, maybe we just sort of flip the script a little bit and some of the subjects and just move it around again. Cause I think we could, we could really, we really could carry on the conversation quite easily, but yeah, definitely. Our podcasts yeah. probably aren't, um, 
people won't listen to three hours worth of podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm more than happy to come back on, you know, and if, if um, people listening have got anything in particular that they want to ask, then um, either reach out to, to you guys and we can cover it in the podcast or reach out to me directly. Perfect. Also, Laura, what, what, uh, while our listeners are listening in now, where, where can they get, um, where, where can they follow you on Instagram or, or where can they get, you know, get hold of you if they need to talk to you? Um, so on Instagram, you can follow LK Nutrition. I think it's LK underscore nutrition. You'll find it. These guys tagged it, uh, yeah, so yeah. you'll find it. Um, I haven't actually posted on there for quite a while um, because I was enjoying lockdown <laughs> far too much with the family and not really posting on social media. But yeah, if, if anyone has got any nutrition questions or anything, just, just hit me up. I'm more than happy to answer as best I can. Um, not taking on clients or anything like that just because i haven't got the headspace with a 16 month old and a job um but yeah if any questions honestly i'm more than happy to to answer because i think like we were saying before the education piece is so important and i'm happy to help you know i don't want anything in return from anyone is if i can pass on my knowledge to people then you know i see that as a win amazing Brilliant. Yeah, we'll um, we'll obviously uh, put the uh, the tags and the and the um, the Instagram pages and everything up when we launch when we release the the podcast. Brilliant. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, You're thank welcome. you, again, Laura. Thanks, guys. Perfect, guys. Thank you uh, to everyone listening. So um, we will be back with episode four, and we're going to be talking to a local gym owner. Um, so we're going to be going through some of the ins and outs of how that, uh, you know, obviously COVID has affected local gyms, how important the community is to a local gym, and also the types of um, the types of training and things as well that they're becoming really popular um, in a local facility. So really looking forward to our next episode, episode four. So keep an eye out for that. But for now, uh, Ray, thank you. Laura, thank you again. And we look forward to um, having you back on the podcast very soon. But for now, um, good day. Yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. Stay strong. <laughs>